When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg. How's the ranch? <laughs> well, you guys- know, all, the, all the animals are still alive uh, because we cut the fireworks display down to actually three individual fireworks because we don't want to kill any of our animals. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, God only knows what is going through their mind when a projectile goes up in the air and it, you know... These are like nine out of ten out of loudness on the loudness scale. So yeah. I'm, we got some gnarly ones, and um, you know, there's there's good and bad with having exotic animals. And I suppose on July the fourth, that's that's part of the bad. So that, that's part of it for sure. I mean, we've got the two little dogs, and on our balcony in in, in the marina, they the marina does a a fireworks show. Like they float a barge out in the water and they do this big show and it's like 15 minutes and they do a good job every year. So as long as I've lived out in this area, everybody drives in for it. They close off roads and the first pop or so the the dogs hate it and they, you know, they just come and they, they jump on your lap and they're like, I don't know what's going on. So this one was kind of interesting for us where we had the TV on. So we turned the TV up, close all the windows but you can see out, you can see the fireworks, but you can't hear them that much, a little bit, but with the TV on. And then, then it was interesting because now you're, they, they want to be close and you're holding them, but now they're staring at the window, out the window, looking at the fireworks, but they're not really noticing the loud noise. And they were much more interested to see. You know, one of them for sure. The other one's like, eh, I'm bored. Got back on the couch and started just sitting there waiting. But yeah, this the first pop, the first sound, you see them start running over like, you know, like from Ted in the movie Ted, Thunder Buddies for Life. Yeah, the first one we lit yesterday or last night, uh, Wanda's reaction was such that we didn't want to light it up. She was pretty pissed. We had actually waited a couple hours. We worked out and then waited like two hours till her feeding time, you know, out at the barn around 11.50. So we lit, you know, waited a couple hours for the climax, right? You know, here goes the first one, like the first one. She's like, oh, shit. I'm like, oh, great. It was it's just too loud. At the beginning and the end of our <laughs> It was too loud. It was, it was way too loud. It was too loud. And there's so many various types of animals like it's interesting because the dogs you know what the dogs are going to do they're going to come to you and they're going to want or they're going to hide in their spot or they're going to come to you and be like protect me you know like whatever hold me of the toilet yeah it's the usual hiding yeah but you don't know what's going to happen with these other they could start hauling ass you could have a zebra running 40 miles an hour (laughs) right 
headlong offense. Yeah. yeah, we we yeah. fortunately had that happen before, so we didn't we just didn't want to revisit that. Uh, all right. Well, it's done. It's over. <laughs> Happy and Independence Day. Hopefully, yeah, everybody well, had a good time. Well, it was nice sitting on the balcony and watching everybody else's fireworks. You know. Yeah. Look, from a distance, if there's not quite as much sound, you're right. It's oh, it's right. good. It's good to see that. Um. All right. So we got a uh, couple things going on. I've been driving the the Audi Q8 e-tron. I want to get into before um, that. Yeah. Can we please talk about the baddest NASCAR race I have ever freaking seen in my entire life last weekend? And please, dear God, NASCAR, do more of them. Uh, tell us about it. I didn't watch it. Dude, NASCAR, NASCAR through the streets of Chicago. Yeah, I heard it was great. It was fantastic. You know, I mean, there's so many reasons why it was awesome. The drivers had a freaking unbelievable time. At least it looked like it. Um, obviously rain postponing and being part of the race kind of sucked because it uh, collected everybody at least once or twice throughout the race and had delays. And, you know, but once the track dried up, I mean, God, it was cool. And they, they mentioned that 80% of the attendees were first time attendees to a NASCAR race. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, as a as an entity, I mean, what else do you want? I mean, you got the drivers talking about how awesome it was. You got new fans coming, and you got everybody at home watching, wanting to be there and be a part of it. I mean, they, they've definitely tapped into something unbelievable, if you ask me. I, I mean, I know it's not the easiest task to be able to set it up to drive through the streets of a major city, but yeah. Fudge was that freaking cool. We we see them set up out here for a Grand Prix of Long Beach. You've been to it in, in the past and did the did the race in it. Um, but yeah, what an undertaking. And you're right, like Grand Prix of Long Beach had record numbers. I don't know, like a hundred thousand people on on like ninety thousand just on race day. And I don't know how many are are new to IndyCar, but um but cool, impressive. And uh, I've been hearing about the race. I didn't get a chance to to watch it. And then uh, they got a first-time winner, right? This kid jumps in the car from a uh, New Zealander kid, right? And I guess he's a supercar driver. And if first NASCAR race comes in and he smokes everybody, literally every time they had a restart and he was in front, he'd, he'd, he'd gap them, you know, within 20 seconds. He's two or three car lengths ahead of everybody. It was extremely impressive. I'm gonna have to read up on him, uh, uh, Shane. Right? Um, I got to read up on him to find out because I heard about him, but I didn't know much about him. Because you're right, kind of a new name to me, at least. And another uh, thing, you know, you you, if you're writing a Hollywood script, yeah, the story just cannot continue to get better and better. Yet it does, and you could not have had a more gracious an appreciative driver winner than this kid. I mean, it, it was, it looked well, like good a, to hear. Looked like a movie. I mean, it was really freaking awesome. It, it was, it was a really cool story. Great race, you know, awesome. So bravo NASCAR. Great job this last weekend. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I, I know uh, Jensen Button debuted there as well, his his NASCAR debut, other than 
uh, Le Mans, right? But his NASCAR uh, Cup Series debut, um, I, I don't know how well he did, but um, it seemed pretty exciting. And I think, I think he did a pretty good job. My question is, what do these NASCAR kids think, right? What do the NASCAR, what does old school NASCAR think about a driver coming in to your race with no experience in that car and winning? And not only winning, but pulling away from the pack. I mean, uh, Chase yeah. Elliott was in, I think he finished in third, and he was right on his ass at each of the restarts. Um, and I'm telling you, man, he pulled away. This this kid did an unbelievably impressive job, and he couldn't have been a more gracious winner. So, bravo. Yeah, now that there's buzz around it, I think people are going to be interested in seeing what's next. Well, that and I think the team, I, I forgive me, but I, I don't remember the, the team owner, but I think the team owner has made it a point to kind of shake up old school NASCAR and bring in drivers like this from other series, you know, as often as possible. So, I mean, that hey, I think it's a great idea. He's uh, from New Zealand, Shane Van Gisberg Bergen. Yeah, they, they announced his name yeah. different ways each time. But. <laughs> I, I, right, because people got to be figuring it out, right? They probably didn't like interview him much ahead of time where you could hear him pronounce his, his name and then realize what he was doing so well. They're like, we better better learn his name pretty quickly. Yeah, real quick. That and it was interesting to hear old school NASCAR announcers Um in a kind of a pickle spot, right? I mean, because again, you got this kid coming in that's not a part of the of of you know NASCAR. He comes in and he smokes everybody. Well, what does it say about the NASCAR drivers that are there week after week after week? But then again, it's great for the sport, right? So I mean, it's hard for an announcer to properly set all of that up without trashing. The existing drivers who are driving these vehicles week yeah after week. so i think they did a pretty damn good good job of it. and i i don't know if you caught any of the clips even online of uh of indycar i did not um indycar was at uh at mid ohio and uh uh simon pagano i guess his brakes went out and and just darted off the side and just rolled and rolled and rolled. And and it was in, um, it was actually the day before it was in practice and it was a, I mean, this car is just flying and smashing to pieces. And I, he somehow he got out of the car, like he walked away and then they did, they, they took him, you know, to the, you know, they took him to the hospital, took him to the doctor, and they didn't clear him to race the next day. So he had to opt out. Um, and I think Connor Daly, uh, if I got that correct, I don't have the notes in front of me, but I think he stepped into his car and drove for him um, the way uh, Graham Rahal drove for for uh-huh. someone at Indy 500. Um and then Simon somehow showed up at the race and he was there and he's like, I'm, I'm disappointed I can't race, but uh, these are the rules. And with that type of accident, uh, you know, uh, I'm not cleared by IndyCar, but I'll be back. But I was watching it and I'm like that. I don't know how he's as fine as he seems to be. 
Uh, and you, it's one of those things like you watch it and you know his wife is watching it and he's got a little kid and pretty new though. <laughs> so probably too young to to watch it. I was like, but that's a scary thing to watch as family. Uh, I didn't get into the details with it. I, I sent him an email and uh, and haven't heard back yet, but I, you know, over the 4th of July weekend, and I'm sure he rewatched that thing a couple of times going, Oh man, like what, ha- what happened? You know, that's, it was epic. Just cars just flopping through the air and hitting the ground and everything's just flying off of it and busting apart. And you're like, but I tell you that the, the halo and, and the safety equipment that, uh, has been put into these cars over the years, you know, a, a testament to that. He, he walked away from that. Um, and you, you know, you know, if they took technology from the, uh, from the off-road boats, uh, offshore boats, or was it, or is it the other way around? Yeah. No, I, I, the offshore boats have had the pod for a while, um, that I'm thinking about the real high speed ones. So when the boats flip, they, and I think this has been around for a long time. So maybe there's a bit of a learning thing for that. When the boats flip, like the hydroplane boats or the hydrofoil, whatever they're called, like uh, those things just glide over the water and basically just like the prop is in the water and that's it. And, and yeah, when they flip and if you're unconscious, you, you can't get out and you're filling up with water. So the whole cockpit now is like a pod that, that detaches from the rest of the boat. And, uh, I guess that's been pretty pretty effective. I haven't really followed the the boating stuff. Somebody brought somebody brought one to the Carcast Studio on a trailer and we fired it up in the parking lot. <laughs> and uh fired up the lawman. Across the street, the uh the guys doing the ADR, they're doing this the like sound stage, like voiceover stuff. They they came over, they were super sweet. They're like, hey man, they're like we're we're recording over there and like all the sound ending in the world you're shaking the building doesn't work and i'm like yeah yeah we're shutting it down right now they're like it's it's cool like if they're like if you're gonna be a while we'll take a lunch break and i was like nah we're just we're we're just shutting it down but uh we got it on a video somewhere um i forgot what the name of the the boat was like problem child or something what kind of horsepower do those guys run like the top I, I, I don't recall i gotta go back and see the video it must have been eight or ten years ago and uh it did they just showed it up they're like hey get in it fire it up i think adam got in it and fired it up but also like i don't know like a lot of the boats now they the exhaust and it goes like through the prop so it it kind of muffles the sound and, and creates sort of a like a filter for it now there's all sorts of things to 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 make it different now and to make it clean. But if even if that was the technology, I don't think that's the technology I have. I think they just go to I don't know, some sort of straight pipe on it. But it was loud. That thing was nuts. We fired up a lot of shit in that parking lot. We've never heard anything like that boat. Those dudes are unequivocally the craziest fuckers on they, the I, I believe that they supersede top fuel guys even on the motorcycles. What about the drag race motorcycles? Yeah. Even those, are you kidding me? I, yeah. I I don't know how they do it. I just really do not know. They they are absolute they're like freaking astronauts. Astronauts. They have I mean, I don't I don't know how you could do it. I'll yeah. do it. I do top I do top fuel. There is no way I would do one of those off road boats. Yeah. Offshore. 
boats, those, those things are absolutely crazy. And like you said, the only thing literally that's in the water is the prop. It, that's it. And it's just skipping. It's like skipping a rock, but a really, really, really fast rock. Yeah. <laughs> and and, I, I mean, uh, the drag strip at least is flat, right? Like, imagine running one of the cars and there was bumps in the road because that's what the water does. Like, it's it's it, it's pretty nuts. And just a little bit of the air gets underneath the boat and they just fly. They just take off. They're They're pretty crazy to watch. You're at the mercy of nature. Out there. Oh my gosh! You can do whatever you can do to to control the the circumstances. But good Jesus, a burst of wind comes, you know, or a chop or something. Yeah, they're nuts. Yeah, I and mean, we've seen it on the drag strip too, right? These cars True. get some air and they fly up in the air. Um, uh, I've never yes. met those dudes. I've never met one. Uh, I don't know why, but. I'd love to sit and talk and bend their ear for a little while. I, I mean, yeah, extremely intriguing. <laughs> kind of want to get into like their history, like what got you into this. And of course, there's a handful of like, well, I had family in it. My dad was in it. Somebody was in it. But like who watches it and goes, I want to do that. <laughs> it's, it's cool to watch, but I don't know who watches it. It's like, I've got to get in one of those boats. <laughs> I don't know anyone that would volunteer. To My wife wouldn't even do that. And that says a lot. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, Audi, the no, Audi Q8, the Audi no. Q8 e-tron. So we drove the small Audi, uh, all electric, and this is the larger one. Um, at the time, the small one, I was like, it just didn't feel as luxury enough for Audi to me. Um, and I felt like the Genesis, the I think it was the GV60, the small one, was just more bang for your buck. Excuse me. So I kind of like that more. Now I wanted to step up into the bigger Audi, right? This is, you know, the Audi Q8. You guys have seen a lot on the road. They make a really incredible fast, you know, gas engine version and the RS Q8. Uh, this is an EV version. Now I think having those super high performance versions set your expectations high for the EV version. So there are a few things uh, worth talking about. Now, first of all, overall, this is an all-wheel drive electric vehicle. It's got two motors, one in the front, one in the rear, and the two motors provide the all-wheel uh, all drive setup. It's 402 horsepower. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's basically got the sport back style um, where it kind of slopes down like, like, the Q8 Sportback and like um, the BMW X6. Uh, overall, I think it's nice. Uh, I think it was nicer than the small one. I think it's comfortable. Uh, it has the 106 kilowatt battery. Um, now they claim a range of, I think it was 280. Let me see if I got the somewhere around 280 or 282, something like that. Um. I don't know if it gets that range. That's the range they're claiming. I'm I'm not sure if you have to go like full, like one pedal regen, which I'm not a big fan of the one pedal driving. I just don't like the way it feels. I just don't, I just, I don't like, some people like it. Some people are used to it. I, I just, I just want it to drive more like a regular vehicle. I want to get to a stoplight and I want it to coast a little. And I, I want it to, I want to be able to like at the stoplight, 
take my foot off the gas and have the car inch forward like like a car would at idle. And some of these EVs don't do it. And you got to give it a little, you got to hit the accelerator a little bit to move it forward. And then you're on and off the brake as you're closing the gap. I just don't like the driving style of it. And I know some people love it and they get used to it. Um, now, this has a little bit of that. You can turn it on and off. Um, so, you know, the more that you can turn that on and off, the better. I have one pedal driving on my my Ford Lightning, and I I turn it off. I just, I just wanted to drive like a normal truck. And honestly, of all of the EVs that I've driven, that's as close to driving like a normal truck. Like it coasts when it needs to coast, and then it you know it inches forward at a, at a stoplight, close the gaps, do, does whatever. And you know they told me three hundred mile range. I got about two sixty five mile range. Maybe it's because I have some of those like one pedal driving features turned off, a little less regen. But for me, it, it's worth the trade off. I I just don't like the one pedal driving. So maybe there's a way to get a little bit more range out of this Q eight closer to what their claimed range is. Um, but overall, I, anywhere in that range. I mean, everybody says 300, but, you know, not many people are getting that. There's some of the sedans and stuff that are getting it. It's a little tougher in, in the heavy SUVs. And there's an argument to be said about using the one pedal to save your brakes. You're using the electric motor to slow the vehicle down. But I just don't like the way it feels. Now, that being said, uh, the interior is lovely. Uh, uh, great, great infotainment system. Great touchscreen the seats are are pretty comfortable. Um, their full power has the massaging option to it. It's got a weird gear selector. Um, it's kind of has like this handle and you push it with your, I, I guess like if you're riding like an ATV or a jet ski and you got like the thumb control, yeah. you know, for the throttle, imagine something like that. And that's the gear selector and you kind of push it forward or push it back to get to drive. And then there's a button on the side you push for park. I, I guess what I don't love about it was it's like, we, I stopped like at a parking lot to take photos of the car and I'm moving it forward and I'm backing it up and the sun came in. So the gear selector indicators, the, the lights, the reverse, the drive, the park, the neutral, they're, they're basically white lights that light up. So you see the D, bright white uh and it's lit up but what i noticed was it was very sunny out when sun coming in and hitting that panel with the gear selectors it made everything bright white so i couldn't tell what gear i was in and as i was like kind of moving the car back and forth i realized i was like i'm looking over my shoulder to go backwards and i'm going forward <laughs> right so i know these gear selectors are all you know, supposed to be like error proof, but we're trying to get away from like accidentally moving forward or not putting it in park or whatever. It's like, and I'm sure like if I open the door, it probably would put it into park, but it it doesn't work. Like it, it doesn't, when there was sun shining on those, those indicator lights, Everything was bright white because they're it's like white plastic and it's lit up from underneath and it just made everything super bright. I could not tell what gear I was in. And that's, that's important. It was weird. Like, I don't know, maybe you tint the windows or something and it helps a little, but I just noticed it like it happened to me and I was like, 
this can't be the first time this has happened to to somebody. So it was just a, a thought there. Um, it's got all the great technology, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto. It's a wireless system. It's got a great B&O sound system to it. Um, now, the overall performance is kind of what I thought would would be a little bit better. Uh, you know, 0 to 60 is somewhere in the mid 5 to low 5 ranges. Um, you know, where, you know, my truck is maybe four seconds, zero to 60, even the Genesis that you don't expect to be a performance vehicle had like, like a 3.9 or something like zero to 60 on, on the smaller one. Um, and, and like four something on the, on, on the bigger, uh, EV, I think it was the GB 70. So I kind of got into this car thinking, Hey, it's an Audi and it's a Q8 and, uh, you know, I was expecting just maybe a little bit higher performance model. I wasn't expecting, you know, mid five, zero to 60. And it doesn't need to be four seconds, but I was expecting something in like the 2023 age. Yeah. Yeah. I was just expecting something to be a little zippier uh, given the range. If they said, hey, this is 315 miles of range, I would go, oh, okay. And it's probably zero to 60 in five and a half seconds, but they're going, ah, it's probably 280 range and people are testing it and getting a little less. So I'm thinking because it's fast, right? Because it's zero to 60 in at least four and a half seconds. And it wasn't really. So I, it, it's fine and it's peppy because that torque off the line, but it just doesn't equate into a, a super dynamic feeling for me. Um, so, you know, at about, 90,000 bucks, you know, it starts at, I think, 75-ish, um, 76. The one I drove was the Prestige, uh, which is about 86,000. And then I had a few options that made it about 89,000 bucks. Um, so, you know, listen, for an Audi uh, that nice, it's not $125,000. It's it's under a hundred grand. Um, so that was kind of nice, but it's still a hundred grand, and you're not getting what you expect. I, I just feel like with the Genesis coming in at about sixty-seven thousand bucks base price, a Rivian RS one SUV coming in at about seventy-five thousand base price, and the Audi coming in at about seventy-six thousand base price. That I, I think those are all worth looking at. You got to take a look at some of these other vehicles, and excuse me, and and see if you if if you like it see if you if it's worth it and the size of the battery that it has um seems like there's some inefficiencies going on here this is a 106 kilowatt battery i've got something similar in my truck maybe it's like 112 kilowatt battery and my truck probably weighs 2000 pounds more than this audi does and it's a lot faster than the audi uh, so I'm getting more range and it's a lot faster. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on with, with the EV technology with Audi, but you know, like all of these EVs, I guess they're getting there, <laughs> you know, um, you know, but that being said, it doesn't feel like super EV ish to me. 
you get in the car. It's got a normal gauge cluster in front of you. It's got the infotainment system. And not everything is is a is a touchscreen push button. Uh, it feels more like a conventional car with the latest technology. Uh, on the center console, there is a dial where you can control the volume, an actual knob that you can spin for the volume, which is nice. And on the steering wheel, I like the the thumb roller volume. You know, like I I like that you can click one up or one down. Like I I like some of that stuff that I think is 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 better to have than some of this push button stuff. Like I think it was the Mercedes that I was driving and I was trying to hit the volume and it's like a slider with a thumb on the steering wheel. And I'm like, I, it's just like you, you slide your thumb up or down and it's like the volume's too loud or the volume's too low. Like, give me a click. Just give me just one little click. So anyway, I, I do like the Audi. I just wish it was a little bit more efficient or was just faster and just made it more fun. I was like, if you're going to give me 250 miles of range with that size battery or 260 or whatever, then make it fucking haul ass. Is what I'm saying. That's just kind of my my thought on it. But um, anyway, that's it. I would I would definitely still cross shop the Genesis for that. I just think it's a nice vehicle and the bang for the buck, and it looks good. And everyone mistakes it for a Bentley, and that's kind of what you want. <laughs> um, anyway, speaking of EV, so uh, someone was digging around in the uh, in the patent and trademark office again. Um, I believe Car Buzz, and they found uh, another trademark filed by Ford for F one fifty Flash, and it's sort of in suggesting a a high performance version, sport truck version of the Lightning, um, which. It's kind of interesting because Ford has been doing these like high horsepower racing versions like the Mach-E 1400. And then they just ran Pike's Peak and the and the Supervan. Now, there's a history of the Supervan. They've done versions over this over the over the years, um, obviously gas engine versions. But uh, the Supervan um, 4.2, which they which is the model that are calling it. Uh, that was like the second fastest time overall at Pike's Peak this year. Uh, I want to say uh, this like Wolf TSC won it, did it in eight minutes and 40 seconds. And then the Supervan was in the open class um, and did it in 847. So the other car was the unlimited class. And then there was the open class and. 847 that and seeing in the van is crazy ridiculous sentence yeah and right. and so it was second overall first in its class and to show you how fast this is for those two guys the third place finisher was 30 seconds behind the the ford supervan so uh anyway just kind of kind of interesting so there is some thought on on ford's part into high performance ev Right. Uh the van. And with the van, but then they did the Mach E fourteen hundred that uh that I think Von Gitten drove, right? He was hooning that thing around. Um this other thing that came up was it's been some years, right, that Michelin showed us this this airless tire and it just had like like ribbed kind of tire and they're like, Oh, it can I, I obviously not performance oriented i it's not meant to be a racing tire on anything that you know like what we talk about here but 
they have an airless tire and it looks kind of the same. It's like it's got a a a, a ring on the middle that attaches to the wheel, and then it's got all these ribs that you can basically see through, and it's got a tread on the outside. Uh, so it kind of looks like a fan blade, uh, in a sense. And they're they're testing it with oddly enough the French Postal Service. They've got it on a few uh, small delivery delivery vans, and they're going to roll out uh, up to forty vans um, by you know. By the end of the year, sometime in 2024. This is interesting technology to me. Certainly not really for passenger cars yet, but the idea of this on fleet, uh, on delivery vans like, uh, you know, like your all of your Amazon vans, UPS and, and postal service and FedEx and, uh, stuff like that is interesting because you're not going to get a blowout. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's puncture resistant basically. And you don't worry about, um, and all of those delivery vans because they're heavy and they carry a lot of weight and oftentimes can be top heavy, uh, a blowout can be wildly unsafe. So I don't know. It's just kind of interesting technology. Will it make its way to like heavy SUVs like escalates or something at some point? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's going to, Put it on far. as an American driver, please, dear God, put it on an eighteen wheeler. You know, yeah, you know, something like that. Put it on a put it on the big rigs if they can get it to to handle the weight and and be safer. But it, some of those big rigs we've seen the blowout and then just the scraps of rubber come flying and screw up the cars behind it, like yeah, one smashing screwed, into grills and windshields. One screwed up the uh, the red eye. Oh yeah at one point but yeah i mean that you know you'll pull up on these these big rigs and uh if you mistakenly look over at the tire tread uh uh, your life flashes before you because then you multiply that times whatever it is 18 and think jesus christ when was the last time this guy got tires oh and there's rain oh and he's going 80 yes yeah it's just terrifying that's that's a good point, and and I don't know what the service intervals are, but how how often do you see like pretty bald tires on the big rigs? Daily, yeah, literally. Uh, and so I wonder if this airless technology, excuse me, would allow for more durable treads because uh, I don't know if that process is going to change. But you would think in that process of making this airless tire. Uh, they start thinking about how how long those those tires last, you know. And and listen, I, I, we all know the not just the tread life, but the age of the tire. You know, we don't have to mention Paul Walker again. Uh, um, and tire pressure, right? Tire pressure is why, like back in the day when Ford Explorers were flipping over, this is why all new cars have TPMS, right? Um, anyway, it's just kind of an interesting technology. We'll kind of see where it goes. I feel like this is one of those weird technologies that you could probably really test just in Forza Motorsport. They could just do all of the calculations on these cars, on all the, the rubber and everything like they've done in the past, and just full start testing everything. As uh, we have, there's someone who's doing it, yeah. You know, and and also my question would be sound. Can you make it quieter? That was my next question. I don't, I mean, how in God's name can you make it quieter? 
I mean, yeah. Um, anyway, that's what's going on. And, uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on was, uh, Ferrari's XX program. These, the XX program has always been track specific vehicles, not even street legal vehicles, but they, uh, announced the SF 90 XX Stradale and a spider version. Um, I don't know. I've been kind of put off by some of Ferrari's design recently, but this thing's kind of badass. This thing looks, this thing looks mean, and this thing is street legal, and uh, actually the coupe it, it, and the spider. It is street legal. The F yeah. is street legal. So this is the first like street legal XX car to come from that program That's before. Why- out of it because he couldn't he wanted the uh the fxx that came right after the enzo and they right. wouldn't and he couldn't drive it on the street so he backed out of the your brother right yeah so i don't know some program i don't know all the details but it was like i don't even know if you get to bring the car home or ferrari holds it for you and then you call them up and go i'm doing a track day and they bring them out i guess you get to bring it home but it was like track days you 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 bring it out to and and with the other XX cars, uh, you're right. So like a little off, but but you know Porsche did it with the most recent like that 935 car. It was like this is a track only car. It ended up being collectible, and you 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 train them at at auction, but you can't really you can't drive it on the street. This one is street legal, and it is a badass car. Now it's eight hundred and forty thousand dollars, and they're all basically <laughs> spoken for. Uh, so you have to be someone like your brother who's on the list and maybe got the offer to get one. Uh, I, but I wonder cool. though, if you opt out, if you're still on the list or they just say, okay. Yeah. So there's been, there's been a lot of talk about that kind of stuff. Um, uh, if you don't get something, are you still on the list and whatever? And Ferrari has this weird thing. Like, I don't know if punishing you is the right term, but uh, and I, I'll bring up Sammy Hagar only because we've talked about it a bunch of times on the other podcast on Shift and Steer with with Aaron Hagar, and there was there was some something where he was like, oh, "Okay, I want a La Ferrari," and then he's like, eh, I, "I don't know if I do," so he like passed the first time. And then later kind of got convinced into it. So he, you know, went to order it, but they said, well, you passed on it. So now we're going to get you back on the list. They're like, now you have to buy like a Ferrari FF as well, or well, like, I- or a Luso. They're like, you got to buy the Luso. You can trade the Luso. You could do whatever. There's no rule on whatever, but, but you, you have to buy the Luso. You got to spend another, another $280,000 to get yourself back on the list. Now, it could be one of those things where you're like, all right, fine. I'm buying the, at the time, I think it was the FF, not the Luso, and just commissioned it at the dealer and go, I bought it. Now it's new. I've never titled it. Can you sell it? It's a weird thing to like, I don't know, drive sales or or just kind of make a point to some of the us customers. It's, it's one of those reasons that Leno has always said he's never owned Ferraris because he just doesn't like the, the owner ownership process understood and, and if you're paying that kind of money then they, you might want to like it yeah you know right. um anyway the the, the suv that came down the rumble about the, the ferrari pro yeah i i don't know too much about it but i'm sure your brother knows more um 
Uh, you know, I, I'm sure a great source would be Ken Lingenfelder. We should chat with him at some point. He's on the list and he's a, he's a big collector and, and he's got, you know, he's got La Ferrari and I guess the end zone. He's got his collection of stuff, but um, yeah, it's just kind of an, it, it, it's a different process than like four GT and, and some of the companies going, all right, you apply for the car. We pill it, we get to pick who kind of gets it based off of your history and whatever. Um, and then you, you don't sell it for two years. That's not like, Hey, you got to buy, you know, an F-150 lightning to get on the list for, you know, for the GT. It's like, it's not really, it's not that it's, it's just that'd like, be, that'd be easy. Bro. Yeah. I um, and you're on the list for the GT. Boy, okay. So, uh, the SF ninety XX. There's going to be seven hundred and ninety nine coupes, five hundred and ninety nine convertibles. They are a plug in hybrid V eight. There's three electric motors that uh, that assist the gas engine. It's a combined power of seven of sorry of one thousand sixteen horsepower. Now the V eight alone makes seven hundred and sixty nine horsepower. That's a crazy V eight, uh, which is amazing so 1016 horsepower ferrari claims 2.3 seconds zero to 60 and 199 mile an hour top speed and uh 84 miles 84 miles and 15 miles on on the back so yeah 15.5 miles of electric (laughs) range (laughs) And the electric top speed is 84 miles per hour. So yeah, you 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 knew it. You knew it. You got the specs on this. But I I think it looks kind of cool. I think it looks very kind of supercar-ish, and I think it's it's very cool looking without being wildly over the top. Um, I think it is, but I think it needs to be a little more wildly over the top. For it's a mundane supercar. I, I mean, comparatively, for eight hundred for almost a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's beautiful, but I would expect for it to be a little more over the top. Well, you know, being I think being a a street legal version kind of gave them permission to tone down a little bit. Um, but why? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> that's your that's your that's your that's a a rolling sales tool. Are you kidding me? It's definitely going to be showing up to cars and coffee events and everyone's going to gawk over it. And uh, it's, it's going to be cool to see, but anyway, that's the latest on Ferrari. Um, So Goldberg's garage, you're wrapping it up over there. Um, I I went back and I watched the uh, Levrack video. They shot the video when they were over there. I know in your mind, it was months and months ago, but it's, it's, uh, uh, it was great. Um, Obviously, a big fan of Levrack storage systems. Now that you've spent some time with it, I'm sure you're understanding why we we love it. Oh, uh, fantastic! I just wish that I could, you know, they they want to shove two more of them in here. It just takes away my floor space, and I, I just I wish that I had the ability to put them up because they're they're fantastic. I mean, as far as uh, using your space wisely, I mean, it, it couldn't be any better product. I, I just I love what they do. You, you know, um they're they're pretty good they're pretty durable uh out out back in your wash bay in your wash uh bay area i mean the idea of even putting one back there loading it up with your washing materials and stuff that's not like super valuable it can want to be stored kind of out of sight outside 
pulling along the wall in the wash bay, then you can always, and um, they also uh, have the, uh, the, the magnets that we have so we can hang, like I hang. Um, those, those magnets. Yeah. Uh, is that their, is that their product? A Gator magnet. I think they partnered with Gator magnets. And I got to, I got to tell you, man, I, and I haven't posted anything about it yet, but Gator magnets sent me about 10 of those and yeah. they're fantastic. They're great. Right. Yeah. They are freaking great. They couldn't be designed any better. I just need more of them. I just need more of them. So I, they're, I put, I, I transformed that workbench area in like two minutes. I, uh, I hang, uh, um, uh, the hose on there. Um, when I, my, uh, aerial, yeah, when I, uh, just, I just go out and just run it over my shoulder and just make the, you know, make the circle and I hang it on the gator magnet extension cords, things like that, that are easy to do. Even if you just walked around your garage with some of the big steel beams, you need an extension cord that are just hanging. The gator magnet's fantastic, but they're they're invaluable, but the, uh, the left rack maybe in, in the wash bay was, was a thought that I had when I watched the video. I am ecstatic that you brought that up because, <laughs> uh, unbelievably, I had not thought about that. And, um, and it keeps the wet gear outside, you know, the sponges and all that stuff. So uh, in your detailing equipment. So that's a thought. Uh, so Leverack has a YouTube video up on their channel where um, you're on there and you get to see a little bit of of the garage coming together. You had a lot of the cars in there. You had the, the bend pack lifts. So that's a little sneak peek into Goldberg's garage, but but now last, that we're getting now yeah. that we're getting settled in, you're going to start doing more in there. I'm going to get yes, we are settled in tomorrow. Uh, a couple of the trades are going to come up, and hopefully, knock on wood, finish up the job. But last week, I had uh, two uh, extremely famous YouTubers come by, who are ironically my neighbors. Um, I think on Instagram it's Donut Operator, and then. Uh, AK, AK guy, but these dudes, that's all they do, right? All they do are the, the YouTube videos and the, uh, uh, Instagram and they're, they're influencers. And though I have done million things in my life, uh, I don't profess to know everything about all of them and getting into the YouTube space and the social media space, mm-hmm. as you can tell, I'm not going to start it until it's time right so i mean three and a half years after we broke ground here it's finally time to start this so goldberg's garage they came by last week we shot a number of videos we did an entrance or like a like an intro video for the garage and then you know we're going to hit car after car after car and we're going to tell the story you know entire backstory of each and every car we're going to get in the cars we're going to drive them um and and it's going to be a lot of fun man these guys are hilarious. They don't take themselves very seriously. Um, I've got a lot here that a lot of people have not seen. Yeah. And uh, now we're going to make it happen, man. I never thought this day would come, but uh, it, it's cool. We're going to have membership, like five different membership levels on Goldberg's Garage, and, um, whether it's eight by tens or whether it's Goldberg's Garage t-shirts or whether it's, you know, signed auction item stuff that I'll be given out or there's so many different ways to connect with me through Goldberg's garage. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking at it like a television show. Um, I have heard from my fans for 20, 30 years, man. And now I can finally satiate them. It's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously we're going to do Goldberg's garage gym 
workouts and stuff like that at the same time. We're going to bring in the firearms. Um, so Goldberg's Garage isn't going to be pigeonholed to just automotive. Uh, it's going to yeah, be a little, little bit of everything, man. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited. There's a lot of cool things. And like I said, all the stuff I've got here is here for a reason. And uh, now it's time to share it with everyone. So I'm I'm pretty excited for that. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I get to talk about cars and have some fun, work out, and do stuff like that. So Yeah. No, that's good. That's fantastic. We'll be able to uh, uh, cover it here and let you guys know when it's all getting uh, launched and, and what's going to be the first videos and what to kind of expect. And and uh, yeah, as you uh, as you get used to doing it, you'll find like the podcast, it just gets a, a little bit um, there's more of a template that kind of goes into play. So how yeah, we, that's, how we that's why I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. You get two guys who are heavily involved in the space and are extremely uh, um, successful at what they do man i'm 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 not omnipresent in knowing everything in the world so i have no issue reaching out and asking advice from other people so uh, i'm trying to like i said satiate the fans and give them what they want and in 2023 i don't necessarily know all the ways to do that so i'm i'm um reaching outside of my outside of my uh, immediate area and i'm asking for help and these guys uh, are able to, to deliver for me so i'm excited about it it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah awesome man uh we'll uh we'll look forward to that and uh, we'll just uh keep updates going on on how that all all that stuff launches but um i think we're uh, i think we're good we're wrapped up for today um i appreciate you guys listening as always and uh and uh, we'll catch you guys we'll catch you guys next week Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. 